Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. Today is Clark Sinks and a special segment of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So it's time for you to hear how I've been stinking it up. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Really, Clark? Why do you always say type blah, blah, blah into whatever search engine you use? I mean, do people use anything other than Google? Don't even mention Bing. What a joke. As a hardcore Google fan, I wouldn't suggest any search engine other than Google. I mean, for crying out loud, Clark, you even use a Chromebook. I'm teasing and it's all in fun, Brandon. Brandon, okay, why do I say that? Because people do use a variety of search engines and I love DuckDuckGo, which doesn't do all the tracking of you, Google does. Check it out and maybe even as a big Google fan, you'll find that you really like DuckDuckGo. Not a stink call out, but I did want to clarify the Starbucks silly cup sizes from your recent conversation. Krista mentioned that tall is small, but it's not. Starbucks sizes are Demi, 3 ounce, short, 8 ounce, tall, 12 ounce, grande, 16 ounce, venti, 20 ounce, hot and 24 cold, and Trenta, 31 ounce. Legend has it that former CEO Howard Schultz came up with the unique cup names because he was inspired by Italian coffee shops. A short is still available, but only for hot drinks. I hope this helps and keep up the great work, Elliot. And I did read this a book forever ago, a great book called Starbucked about the story behind Howard Schultz creating Starbucks. It was a, it was a really fascinating read. So anyway. How about how successful he's been? Because everybody always sold coffee. And a lot of people call Starbucks corporate coffee, but they have been very, very successful. The funny thing is you now see them all over Europe. Mm -hmm. Okay. You really missed the mark when giving counsel to the girlfriend who just bought a house with her boyfriend. You spent an inordinate amount of time talking about mortgage life insurance. The unmarried couple has much bigger problems than considering a level term insurance product. Because they are not married, have they received guidance on the important issues? You could have asked her, do you have a cohabitation agreement that includes details about who owns what and who pays for what? Do you have an exit strategy in case of a breakup? What happens if one of you dies? Did you hire a real estate attorney to review the legal and financial implications as well as to prepare the necessary documents? You usually ask the tough probing questions. What happened here? I cannot imagine many listeners will say Clark said on this response. Respectfully, the Ohio professor. Thank you very much, professor. And you have properly schooled me. And you're right. I was way too narrow on that question. And this is why we do Clark Stinks. I will forgive you for not pronouncing deteriorate and exercise correctly. But your little Clarky segment is beyond annoying. At least I can tune out early without missing the meat of the show. Tom. 
Tom, okay. It's funny because there is some polarization with the Clarky segment at the end, which is why we put it at the end that a lot of people love hearing directly from a listener or Tom's viewer. the only complaint I've heard. I've, I've only I heard. that's the second one we have. No, not first. that I've heard. Yeah. Everybody okay. else liked it. Um, but it, I think as much as we can try change ups and the Clarky is a change up, I think it's really good. But because of the reason that somebody may feel like it's not core to the show, that's why it's at the tail of the show. Your advice on timeshares isn't stinky, but it is a bit antiquated. Each time the topic comes up, you spend a large chunk of the segment explaining how a traditional timeshare works and why the timeshare is a defective product. Clark, I'm 42 years old, and the only time I remember someone I know buying a traditional timeshare was my aunt who bought one in the 1980s. I also can't recall a single instance of receiving any type of solicitation for a traditional timeshare. On the other hand, I unfortunately have many friends and acquaintances who have bought into one of these vacation clubs that are affiliated with hotel or entertainment chains. I personally receive regular solicitations to join these clubs through email, phone messages, and even in person when I'm vacationing at certain resorts. A few years ago, I attended a sales presentation for one of these clubs in exchange for a great deal on a hotel room. In these vacation clubs, as you know, owners get points each year that can be spent at a wide variety of clubs across the country. Your advice of never, 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 not ever buying into any timeshare is correct, but I worry that people listening to your show may not realize that this also applies to vacation clubs. And that's from Kevin. Kevin, thank you. Timeshare is just the term most people think of, but you're completely right that I need to be more all-encompassing and the answer, because people may think, oh, oh, I'm not buying a specific week. I'm getting points in this company or that company or the other. It's the same problem. The companies have gotten wise. So they know not to use that word. Yeah. That's what he, yeah so uh, they may use interval ownership mm-hmm. or, or, as you mentioned, vacation club. It's the same problem. You're spending a lot of money for something that has generally no intrinsic value, but responsibility that stays with you in perpetuity. A listener mentioned they've maxed out their contributions to tax-advantaged retirement accounts. They wanted to know if target date funds were appropriate in standard IRA accounts. You mentioned that they were not and they should instead consider an index fund. I think you failed to admit an important suggestion of considering investing in ETFs instead of mutual funds because they're more favorable from a taxation standpoint. Because of their structure, ETFs are more efficient from a tax perspective because they avoid taxable events by exchanging shares with in-kind transactions. Please bring awareness to this difference to your listeners. And that's from Chris. Chris, thank you. Uh, First of all, you referred to standard IRA. It was actually, they were done with being able to do any kind of IRA, any kind of retirement account. And they were looking to put more money aside. I was talking about investment accounts. You're completely right that you can go in an index fund or you can go in an equivalent ETF, exchange traded fund, And these are very inexpensive ways for you to own a wide market basket of investments. Only Vanguard, as far as I'm aware, the index funds and the ETFs are identical as to their makeup and ultimately tax treatment. Everybody else, you bring up a very valid point that an ETF may in fact be superior to owning a traditional index fund. Clark suggested the possibility of getting a loan as a mortgage from a relative if they have the means under certain circumstances. 
Clark, you should never, never, not ever, sound familiar, <laughs> recommend this. What you are omitting from this consideration is the relational aspects of the transaction. Unlike a traditional mortgage where there's no direct relationship between the lender and borrower, a family loan could end up in some very messy interactions. I can only imagine what happens when the borrowing relative can't make the payment loses their job, has a family issue, et cetera, and the lending relative not only loses their money, but also potentially loses a good relationship with a family member. Brandon. Brandon, 100% accurate. If I failed to mention that in that particular question, I've mentioned it in the past, and I shouldn't have omitted it this time. Clark's column on premium fuel is almost but not quite accurate. You really should put premium fuel in if the manufacturer recommends it. This isn't an area to go cheap. It's primarily to prevent engine knock. But if you bought a car that requires it, you're probably a car guy that will expect a high level of performance for which you paid. Also, a category you forgot to mention was turbocharged cars, many of which aren't necessarily high-end cars, but still require higher octane fuel. Exception, I live 68 feet above sea 6, level. 6,800 feet. 6,800 feet above sea level, sorry. So my turbocharged mini can take octane that's 89 instead of the listed 91, David. David, thank you. Uh, people have pointed out to me before about the turbocharger. And if the turbocharged engine calls for premium, I've heard from uh, more than one person, it needs to have the premium fuel it calls for. On the issue of the owner's manual recommending, the worldwide vehicle market requires that computers in the car can adjust to whatever octane is available wherever in the world somebody's buying fuel. And so you are, as you said, affecting horsepower when you don't buy premium, but very seldom do people need all those horses under the hood. Oh, Clark, you were really stinky today when you were talking about sharing passwords across different websites. Your discussion contained barely adequate advice, but you never said that adding two or multi-factor authentication is the best thing you can do to protect your online accounts. Actually, a USB key is better, but that has other problems with usability. As I walked to work today listening to the podcast, I must have looked like a crazy person yelling into the air, two-factor authentication, Clark. You need to talk about two-factor authentication. I don't use password managers because of the master password is, is guessed through a breached password or security breach or social engineering. The hacker has the keys to almost every account you have. Roger also says at a minimum, people must enable two-factor authentication on all financial and brokerage accounts. And Roger, you're right. I use two-factor authentication, pass keys. I do all this stuff myself. And it was a failure on my part to not mention it again this time. We've talked about it in the past. I've also talked about the security keys, the physical USB security key, which is with financial accounts a great way because even if somebody tries to hack into your account, has your information, they still can't get in because they don't have the USB security key. And so today was a perfect example I've of why one. we do Clark Stinks. I've got one more. Oh, um, I'm ready. I didn't, I passed over it, but oops, I did it again. This is a Krista stinks, but in the Seriously? least, it says, but in the least way possible, not poison, not deaf leopard, but great white performed once bitten, twice shy. I had done that once before. And oh. yeah. So great white once bitten, twice shy. Keep up the great work. I thoroughly enjoy your show. Even if you have an occasional miss, Mike. Mike, thank you. Um, I'm culturally brain dead. So any cultural references 
really need to come from you, Krista. Who's saying, oops, I did it again. Is that Britney Spears? Yes. Wow. That was awesome. I'm wow. shocked. See, you're not brain dead culture. You just proved yourself. Who's the billionaire musician? Who? Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. She's now a billionaire. Yeah. She should be. How about her? Yeah. How about how she paid out all those huge bonuses to everybody that worked for her? $100,000 a truck driver. Good for her. All right. So coming up ahead, can't make you a billionaire, but I can prove a huge number of people can become millionaires. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I mentioned earlier, Taylor Swift, the Swifties, actually it's her talent and business acumen has made her a billionaire. That's a place I'm not getting. You're probably not getting. I mean, but you've got plenty of money if you get to a point that you have financial security in your life, whatever that is. And what is such a stunner is new data from the Federal Reserve finds that 12%, 12%, 12%, 12%, one out of every eight American families are now millionaires. And you think how many of us would think that's never going to happen to us. But you know how it happens? Doesn't happen from owning companies, although that's a very good path for it. Doesn't happen from inventing something that ends up being worth a zillion bucks, whatever. No, how does it happen? For most of us, it happens steady as you go through a working lifetime, saving regularly like you hear so many people say on the podcast. I saw a write-up after the, the Fed survey that breaks down when most Americans become millionaires who are this one in eight families that are millionaire families. That's a fantastic number, and it shows economic mobility through American families. It's age is the indicator. People need roughly 35 years in the workforce before most people break through to being millionaires. Through their working lifetime, they save and save and save. Overwhelmingly, the people that are millionaires became them between age 55 and 65. Right in that age range is when it happened, which is perfect because that's moving into the age when people might not want to work anymore. And you don't have to make a lot of money, but you got to save a lot of money. And that's why you hear me talk about that over and over again. Save, 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 save. Live on less than what you make. Save more. Spend less. It's, it's something that we can achieve in so many cases. It's not unattainable. That one in eight American families have achieved that. They didn't start out there. I mean, you have some people that are born on third base and think they hit not just a home run, but a grand slam when they made it that last way around the bases. It's too late in the year to do baseball references. Anyway, the point is most of us 
can get there. And it's all about habits. You'll hear me, if you listen to me long enough, you'll start saying when I start talking about something like that, I know Clark's going to talk about habits. But it is, it is about creating a goal. You know, if you don't have goals, it's like getting in your car and you have no place to go and so you have no idea how to get there. Instead, what do we use? We decide where we're going and we pull up navigation. We used to do maps. Pull up navigation and we drive there. This is the same thing. Have a goal in mind and figure out how you're going to get there. And the easiest way is the old expression, pay yourself first. You save money every pay period, every month, and it's automatic. And you want to get there if that's important to you. And it's not about the million. It's about the financial independence, being able to make the choices you want to make. And it is absolutely something you can do in many cases. Not every case. Everybody's circumstance and situation is different. Could be family issues. Could be health issues. Could be a number of reasons. But the reality is, one out of eight people are now getting there, and it means that it is attainable. And you don't have to be making a zillion to get to where you have a million. Krista? Nina in Ohio writes, would paying off my student loan count as a balance transfer? I can get a zero interest for 21 months instead of 4 to 6% interest while the loan's in deferment. The balance is less than $5,000, but I'm also trying to buy land and build a tiny home. What is the best route with the least effect on my credit score? So we got uh, some moving parts here. Let's deal first with the question you asked. Depending on the terms and conditions of the balance transfer check-like thing that you're given, there may be no restriction on you paying off a loan, in this case a, a private student loan or regular? Um, we don't know. It doesn't say. Paying off this loan with a balance transfer check and then being able to have the 0% interest for nearly two years. And so that's very interesting. Buying the land, buying a tiny home, as far as being able to do that, that's really a matter. Land, raw land is hard to borrow money for. And that's a challenge for a lot of people who want to buy a piece of land and then put a tiny home on. So reality, you're going to need money to do that. And I don't know how soon you intend to do that, but the money you are paying for student loans can be money that you, instead of paying towards those, you start paying it towards the fund to buy the land then later to be able to buy the tiny home. It's one of the weak links in the tiny home movement is how do you get the financing for the land and then the tiny home is going to sit on that land. This is from Shauna and Ashton in Portland. I'm a long, uh, Portland, Oregon. I'm a longtime fan of your show, and recently my 21-year-old son has been listening with me. After hearing your episode about young people and their IRAs and the great Clarkie segment, my son asked me, do I have a Roth IRA? He doesn't, and since I can't find info on his specific circumstances, he asked me to write you for help. My son is on the autism spectrum. He works part-time for Trader Joe's and loves his job. Because of his disability, he qualifies for an ABLE account, and this year he's put about $10,000 in it, money from work as well as gifts. Uh, Just so you know what an ABLE account is, 
is this wonderful thing that Congress created that allows people who are going to need care in later life and cannot fully live independently, they're allowed to put money in an ABLE account up to, I forget what the cap is, and uh, it grows tax-free and it does not hurt their eligibility for other government assistance that people who may need assistance as an adult would be eligible for. So Ashton has put about $10,000 in this year. He does not currently receive Social Security, but we keep his assets low just in case for the future. Since he has income, it seems like he could open a Roth IRA, but I can't find anything about whether there are restrictions on someone having a Roth and an ABLE account. I would guess that lots of parents with young adult or adult children with disabilities have this same question. Can you help us find the answer? That's one we're going to need to talk to us. We C- did. Yeah. We oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, uh, okay, Brainiac Krista, what did Not you find Brainiac. out? We just, from I looked the CPA, in, CPA who does tax and stuff. What, yeah. what'd you find out? Yeah. So you can't have an able and a, an employer sponsored plan like a 401k. Or 3B. However, a Roth IRA is not an employer-sponsored plan, so it would be fine to have both. And the Roth money would not hurt eligibility for government benefits that somebody who would qualify for an ABLE would. That's that's very interesting. Wow. Okay. Chris is so many steps ahead of me having done all that. That's really great. Okay. This one's from Pamela in Georgia. What is a good alternative to Microsoft Office 365 for a work-from-home person needing a product like this for typing? (laughs) Okay, Krista, could you give me more of a difficult question? I don't know. That's a tough one. Google Docs, free for an individual. It is awesome. It works beautifully. You can import documents from other people who are on other things usually. You can send them to people and you pay nothing for it. All you have to have is a Google account and then Google, Google Docs, and you'll see how to set it up and use it. It is what I use because I am way too cheap to pay for something like Microsoft Office. It isn't gonna happen. So try Google Docs, and there's a suite of things that an individual can use for free. Enterprise users, people who own a company, have to pay a subscription fee to Google. But you as an individual, Pamela, it's yours, it's free, and it's great. How about that? I love it. So I want to thank you so much for joining us on our December 1st Friday episode And it's time for today's Clarkie. If you have a Clarkie you want to leave, call 404-981-2071. Without further ado, who's our Clarkie today? This, since we did Clark Stinks today, I thought this one was a little appropriate. Hi, Clark. This is Bob from South Carolina. I would like to see you do a few podcasts with your hands tied behind your back. (laughs) You want to tie my hands behind my back? (laughs) Okay, got to tell you a funny story about this. I've been doing TV now for 34 years, both uh, one-time local TV and national TV for the last 20 years, something like that. I remember very early in my TV career, one of the TV consultants working for that station said, "Uh, you're way too distracting. We got to do something about your hands. I want to give you something to hold in your left hand 
because you move it so much and hold it at your side. And then at least you'll only be moving one hand. And guess what happened? You know what happened? You move that thing. I moved the thing yeah. around. And so it was both arms moving and the, the thing they had me hold in my hand was all flailing about. I don't know. I mean, my IQ is so low with my hands behind my back. and My energy goes down. And I just don't produce well for you. So, sorry, Bob. Sorry about my crazy distracting hands. The crazy Eddie hands. Got to know that you got to be from the tri-state area mm -hmm. to know that old reference. But anyway, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's something that I know all the TV people gave up on me about that back in the 1990s where they were like, Clark's just going to be Clark. <laughs> You're not going to be able to get him to stop flailing his arms around all the time. And so some things just can't be taught. But I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. I look forward to serving you again next Monday. Have a great one.